Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for September 5th, 2017. This is an emergency edition of the podcast. We are in the bunker as some news has just dropped. With me today are Brad Oman. Hello. And Jermaine Lucier. Back on the Slash Film cast. Well, not Daily, slash... first time now. Yeah, not... I know this is Slash Daily. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's fine. Yes. It's different. I've been back on. I've been back on Slashfilm. I'm going to delay this as long as possible, but keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Jermaine used to write for the site for many years, and he is a Star Wars expert, as are we. Um, Brad, tell us the news. Out of nowhere today, Disney and Lucasfilm made an announcement saying that uh, the studio and Colin Trevorrow, who was hired to direct Star Wars Episode Nine back in 2015 have mutually decided to part ways, and Colin will no longer be writing or directing Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, that's a bit of a bomb. I I, uh, I didn't see this coming. Brad, did you see it coming? I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he's been removed, but it is kind of shocking that it actually did happen. If if any director out of this, out of the lineup we've seen so far, Tackle Movies was going to be removed, I feel like Colin was the most likely, if only because of there's a lot of, I don't know, ill will towards him because of the, the opportunities he's been given without much evidence of him being proving himself to be a filmmaker worthy of such opportunities, and also because of the backlash from the Book of Henry. It just seems like he's been the most controversial choice that has been made as far as from Star Wars fans and general cinephile to tackle a movie like this. So while I'm surprised and shocked that it came out of nowhere today i'm not necessarily uh caught off guard by it i guess Hmm. i mean i don't think studios usually react to fan reactions i mean they certainly haven't with all this whitewashing stuff uh the book of henry by the way got horrible critic reaction but lucasfilm saw that movie you know before he even started writing star wars episode nine uh jermaine what do you think about this news uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I had heard for a while that just from like, you know, people around L.A., not anybody that I'd be like confident running a story on that they thought Trevor was going to be out. And uh, so I was kind of waiting for it. 
it, and it's it's always a surprise when they put a piece of news like this, you know, just on like a late afternoon. They just put a tweet up and a story, and that's it. I actually don't even know if they put a tweet up. I think they just put the story online. Yeah, it's not even um, it's not even on Twitter. Uh, Angie Hahn, who used to write for the site, tweeted out, "Is getting fired from Star Wars just the Hollywood rite of passage now?" Which I think is right, funny. Yeah, and and Mike Ryan tweeted that uh, there's more for ex Star Wars directors than actual Star Wars directors because Josh Trank, uh, uh, Phil and Chris, uh, and then I guess Gareth Edwards, kind of. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so no, I'm not surprised. And like, I think it really comes down to this, right? And and Brad made some good points. So I won't reiterate those, but it's that I think once Phil and Chris left, they brought in Ron Howard. And then you start hearing that Stephen Daldry was going to be up for Obi-Wan. They want – I think they're in the business of these movies now where if they don't make a billion dollars plus, they're, a, they're, uh, they're not a success. If Han Solo only makes $600 million, that's not a success in their eyes. So you need directors who are very, very competent and very, very down the middle who are going to deliver exactly what they want. Stephen Daldry is never going to give you a huge, crazy experience like you think uh, Miller and Lord White, you know? And Colin Trevorrow, you know, I think he was – he is the kind of guy who people would have – you know, he would have listened – I thought he would listen to Kathleen Kennedy and sort of go with their vision. Apparently, maybe he didn't. But I think they need – they're done with taking gambles with these filmmakers. And it's time to put in old, dependable people – we're going to make these movies exactly the way they want them to be made. Yeah, I've definitely heard from agents in Hollywood that Lucasfilm is no longer considering, you know, new hot filmmakers for Star Wars, that they are looking for, you know, established names, established talent that, you know, have a a long track record. Um so, okay, yeah, let's jump into this. Why was he fired? Uh Hollywood Reporter said that uh, script issues have continued to be the continuing sore spot of Episode Nine's development, with Trevorrow having had repeated stabs at multiple drafts. In August, uh, Jack Thorne, the British scribe who wrote the upcoming Julia Roberts, Jacob Tremblay movie Wonder, was tapped to work on the script. And um, apparently that script was not good it, w- working out. Um, I also talked uh, in my research for this, I talked to... Jason at making Star Wars. He has all the Star Wars scoop. But I want to know what he uh, knew about this. And he told me that basically when Colin Trevorrow's uh, writer left, uh, as you know, he um, has uh, he's a has a working partner that he works with on all his films. Derek Connolly, who he's worked with on Safety Not Guaranteed, Jurassic World, Jurassic World Two, uh, you know, Book of Henry. Um, so when he was booted off the project, he he almost uh, Trevorrow wanted to leave out of loyalty, but uh, they they talked him into staying and in, in doing this draft with this new guy. And apparently, you know how the draft was turning out was not what Lucasfilm or you know Kathleen Kennedy wanted. Um, I've talked to other sources very close to the production who want to remain off the record. And they, they say that basically the same thing. So this is the story is, is that this is episode nine and it's something that Lucasfilm cares deeply about. And the new writer brought, was brought on to polish Colin's script and it, you know, just didn't move the needle. So, uh, that seems to be the reason why it's not, uh, you know, the response to book of Henry. Um, but w- what does this mean for this film? Jermaine. 
Um, I think they're going to get somebody who's going to make, you know, the movie they want. I mean, like a name that everyone's talking about, and I heard people talk about. Again, not enough to to write an article. Unfortunately, is J.J. Abrams. I heard they're ready to back the dump truck truck up to his house and be like, <laughs> "Please come and do this movie for us." Um, I don't that think which, dump you know, trucks are allowed in Pacific Palisades. No, but uh, okay. I uh, yeah, I, I'm wondering though. I heard I've heard quite a bit that Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. kind of butted heads on Force that's Awakens. True. So I'm wondering. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go, go finish, Pete. I'm just, I'm just wondering if they if they would want to do another film with him. Yeah, that's a good point. But he also gave them, you know, their the most one of the most successful films of all time, and, and also the, another name that you know I never heard, but just kind of makes sense would be uh, Ava DuVernay. She's literally been on Instagram stories at Lucasfilm, uh, finishing sound uh, on A Wrinkle in Time, which comes out in March. Yeah, but and so I mean. And Kathleen Kennedy, and she she even contributed ideas to Force Awakens episode seven. You're absolutely right, and she's just this, uh, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is powerful woman, a female executive who has yet to hire a woman to direct a Star Wars movie. Uh, You can't have Patty Jenkins because she's going to be doing uh, Wonder Woman two, and not not quite because the the deal for Wonder Woman two has not closed yet, according to the trades. So that that is still a possibility. Uh, I, well, it's, so is I mean, every Don Hertzfeld just tweeted that he wanted to do it. I mean, it, you know, like I think everybody's going to joke about it, and I just think realistically, uh, I just think Patty Jenkins wouldn't wouldn't leave. I mean, if what are they going to even if it's like ten million dollars more to do Episode Nine, would you do that to not continue with this character, Wonder Woman? I think she does Wonder Woman no matter what. So I, I mean, that, oh for sure. Just, but do you think Warner yeah. Brothers would be willing to wait? You know, a year, two no. years. No. no, no, get that movie out tomorrow. They, I mean, they, they you know, we need to, we need big hits. Um, okay, my my yeah. suggestion would be Ryan Johnson. He was originally rumored to be writing this right. film. It, that was debunked. He, uh, the Lucasfilm is very happy, from what I hear, with Episode Eight, uh, The Last Jedi. Yep. Um, so why not just sign him on and bring him back on, on to do another one? Well, because I mean, he a man's got to sleep, Pete. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> I think that's just really what it comes down to. It's like, not that they wouldn't love him to do it. It's just like, now that he's signing on to another three years of his life. And I mean, it's nice to have a job, but it's hard work, you know? So, I mean, I think, I think I'm sure they, they have asked him or will ask him or he's considered it or maybe might do it. But I would just be surprised to do back to back like that, man. I can't imagine how grueling that would be. Brad, do you have any suggestions on who could replace Colin Trevorrow? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Brad Bird do it, but he's pretty busy with The Incredibles 2 right now. I, I guess there's a chance that since production isn't supposed to start until late this year, early next year, that he might be able to overlap and pull it off because Incredibles 2 comes out in June of 2018. Yeah, I, so, I, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I mean, he'd be, yeah, he'd be really busy, like, to pull it off, like, almost probably, like, pulling, like, a when Spielberg does two movies in a year kind of thing, but I think that would be pretty stressful for him. Uh, he, tr- well, he, and he wouldn't do that for the first one. He, they out, he, he tried to figure that out with Tomorrowland. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's such a complicated situation. Dude, what I, what, 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 what about Ron Howard? Do you think he'll be too busy on Han Solo for a while? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah there's yeah, no way he can do it. Uh, one of the things I'm interested in seeing is uh, there was a story a while back that Colin Trevorrow specifically asked Ryan Johnson to add something in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. 
for episode nine. So I wonder if that's something that stays in The Last Jedi now or if it's something that they remove because now it's not going to be a part of episode nine. Like how, how much of the core story that has been developed in episode nine will change if they get somebody new to come on? Like, do they start from scratch or what? Because they already started over after Carrie Fisher passed away. So what's the state of the project even now? Well, here, here's Carrie the, Fisher, yeah, go I was going to say, here's the thing. I've heard that they've been locked on Last Jedi for a couple months now. That It is completely finished. They could screen it today if they needed to. Um, it, it's, it's, it's that close. And um, I don't think they're going to change anything. But, I mean, you do ask a good question. Are they going to start completely over from scratch with a – you know, page one rewrite, and do they have the time? Uh, you know, if this film is still coming out in May 2019, and did, did the press release say that it was? I'm not sure. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say yeah, anything. Doesn't say anything about yeah holding the release date or not. Well, if if it did, uh, you know, Force Awakens began filming in April for a December release date the next year. Um, Rogue One July for December the next year, and Last Jedi February for December the next year. If they want to make the May 24th release date. They need to start shooting 18 months before filming. That's like November, and that's, I think, a hard date. Unless they're going to push this back to December, which they could do. So, I mean, what do you guys think? No, I, I, yeah, I think those are the – I mean, I think that's a good point. I, I mean, that was the plan, right? The plan before this was like early – was early this, next year, right? Or it had to have been. I, I think – I just think they could do it. I think now – they, you know, any characters that are introduced that may need new effects, that stuff is kind of done. You know, like I just feel like it'll probably be, uh, you know, the, by the third time, the whole mach- the team is moving much quicker. You know, everything is sort of ship shape uh, from a production standpoint. So I think it's doable, um, but I do think the May move does give them 100% gives them that leeway. Uh, though I think a December 19 is Avatar, or is that 20? I don't know. Yeah, like remember. that's ever coming out, Jermaine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I, I lost my train of yeah, thought about. I, the I'm re- wondering, yeah. like, you know, who else could we put on this list? Like Lawrence Kasdan would would they be interested in having him come on? Like, you know, he's an established. He's a veteran. He hasn't, you know, made directed a good film in many years. But it seems yeah. like he's, you know, in Kathleen Kennedy's inner circle. What What do you guys would think be, of of Kasdan? Would it be out of the would it be out of the question to think that Dave Filoni could get a shot? Oh my god! I would god. love that. It's never going to happen. But he, he he wants to direct a movie. Like he's talked about it. They haven't announced what he's doing after Rebels as ending. And, and we should say Dave Filoni's the director or, or an executive producer of Star Wars Rebels, and he did the Clone Wars and, uh, and Last of, Airbender yeah, before that. Yeah, he's part of the story group, uh, more or less, and is as talented a filmmaker, even though he's never made a film. Uh, or I guess the Clone Wars movie, right? Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, so he'd be great. I mean, the thing the, is, like the I said, with I, him though is I've heard Kathleen Kennedy is done working with these like you know green directors. She, right? She, yeah, exactly. So he's, I, he's yeah, but he's there. He's been there. You know, they sort of know what he's gonna get with him. I I, I mean, I put a. I think he has a better. I don't think he's going to direct the movie, but I think he has a better shot than maybe uh, uh, you know, like uh. Who who we just say like Brad Bird or somebody like that? I just because like you said he's in the inner circle. I think we're gonna get inner circle here. I, I think I think Kazdin is is a, is a smart thing. I think what about, si- what about Simon Kinberg? He's directing that what? new X Men movie, so he's probably not yeah, available. But, yeah, he doesn't have the time. Yeah, he, they're shooting that right now, so he he would not have time to to work on it. What about um, Matt 
what about Matt Reeves? We have no indication that the Batman is actually going to move forward in the immediate future. So is he free to take on Star Wars if he's given the opportunity? That would think be so. I mean, that yeah, would be a dream be awesome. choice. That's not going to happen, but that'd be a dream choice. Yeah, I think because I think Batman is moving forward, just not with Ben Affleck, and everything is happening. And we we're not going to we're going to hear more about that after Justice League is out. They don't want to ruin Justice League press by saying Ben is not playing Batman anymore because if he like dies in that movie or something, they don't want to spoil it. So I think like right after that, like the first of the year, they're going to be like, oh, so and so is Batman, and Matt Reeves is coming out May twenty twenty or something. I think it's going to happen like that. But uh, that's another story. What what is uh, the, what is the chances of George Lucas coming out of retirement? Zero. <laughs> zero. Okay. Zero. I'm just zero. I'm just bringing up options, guys. Yeah. Right. No. Got to keep this fun. entertaining. Hey, there was that petition a while back about everyone that wanted George Lucas to come back and direct instead of Colin Trevorrow. The, oh yeah. Yeah. But wait, I just Lucas remembered. Is I not going to listen yeah. to any peti- petition. No, those petitions are pretty convincing. They always get the job done. They always get what they want. <laughs> I just, uh, I just remembered. Uh, I wanted to respond to what Brad said about the Colin asked Ryan to put something in Last Jedi. Um, I, the same thing happened with Ryan and JJ. And the small thing was make BB-8 go or stay on the Rebel base with uh, with uh, with Poe Dameron and not go with uh, Ray. That was the only change he has made. I would imagine Trevor is something similar. So whatever it is, I'm assuming it's probably a small detail that whoever does end up writing this new version of the movie or whatever, I think they'll just work that in. I don't think it's like, oh, let's make sure Ray's parents are so-and-so. I think it'd be something small and something we'd never even think of uh, if we didn't have the minutiae of the internet to go or with. What, what about, in my mind, again, I'm just guessing. No, I think you're right. What about this? Ryan Johnson is, for all intents and purposes, done with Last Jedi. What if he wrote the script for something and they have someone else directed? I feel like that might be the way to go. I think he's going to be involved. I don't think there's any way he's not involved. I mean, now he's been he's involved with these characters. And like you said, I've heard the same stuff that this movie is like done. They love it. They're very, very happy with it. They're very happy with, you know, like we all the issues that we've heard with Edwards, with Lord and Miller, with Trank. You didn't hear a peep about Ryan Johnson. It was just smooth sailing as far as we know. Yeah. And uh, and, and that's what they want, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing, give me $2 billion, let's do it again. You know, like, that's the uh, the model here. And the smooth sailing wasn't working with Lord and Miller. It wasn't working with Edward. So they have to bring in these fixes. And I'd rather this happen now, you know, uh, you know, 18 and 19 months or, you know, 20 months from release than – uh, you know, during production or something like having oh, yeah. Han Solo. I think Kathleen Kennedy has learned that lesson pretty well. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I- any last thoughts on this, guys? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm like, no. No, I do, I do, but you go, Brad. No, I mean, it's, honestly, this is, if anything, this is just frustrating. It's like, you know, the Star Wars is something, obviously, that we all love intensely, and it's very difficult to see these kind of struggles happening where, you know, it's you can't necessarily blame Lucasfilm for these problems because they they have you know their their mission to treat Star Wars with respect and you know do the legacy that the saga has justice. And obviously, Kathleen Kennedy is somebody who has plenty of experience in that regard. And so you can't get upset with her for firing filmmakers who aren't living up to their their the potential that they saw in them and the vision that they see for Star Wars in the future because she's you know an expert in these kinds of things and you have to trust what she. And she has a huge track record. You look at her list of credits. 
Um, you got to put some faith in that. But what you were saying, Brad, one of the things that bothers me the most about this is that it is staining all these Star Wars movies. Like, yeah. now when they come out, people, you know, we talk about Rogue One. We, we don't get to talk about the movie. We get to talk, oh, what was it before when the first cut? And, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's about the controversy and it's not about the movies. And now, forever, we're going to be talking about these Star Wars movies about the controversy behind the scenes, not yeah. them. And now every. Now every time someone gets hired, we'll be like, okay, she was going to replace them in six months. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have three thoughts on this to sort of wrap it up. One is uh, I, I agree that the, about it sort of tainting the conversation. But I think the Star Wars movies are just on this different tier of us having them under a microscope. And, like, if this kind of thing happened on, I don't know, some smaller franchise, maybe like Star Trek or something. Well, I don't know. That, that's a bad comparison. <laughs> But uh, I don't know, like any like like kick ass three or something. Like you'd be like, oh, they changed the director. But Star Wars is just uh, this microscope, and, and everything that happens with it gets analyzed and overanalyzed and turned into such a big deal. So I think this is a big deal, but I think uh, it's not as big a deal as we're expecting. I hope it doesn't taint it. I think it'll only make it better, and I hope they get this done very very quickly, so that we can not deal with all these like the list that I'm sure you guys are working on right now, like who should direct it? It's like, I don't want to read these lists, just hire it. Like they, they didn't make this change without having somebody in mind. So I hope that happens quickly. And third, I'm glad that this happened. Not while we were in a screening of a movie, Pete, because <laughs> that would have been really, really annoying. Like yeah, that I, I, we were in, me and Jermaine were in a screening of Spider-Man homecoming and halfway during the movie, my phone started blowing up in my pocket like, you know, I never before. So I like, even though this was a hot anticipated movie, like a month before release, I look at my watch, I have the Apple watch and it says, uh, Lord Miller fired. So I excused myself from the screening and called, you know, Ben, one of my, one of the writers in slash one. I was like, you got to get this up. And he was already on, working on it. But, uh, yeah, uh, gladly that this didn't break while we were in a screening. Um, when you say you excused yourself from the screening, do you mean you stood up in the middle of the theater and you said, excuse me, I have to leave. This story is happening. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Yes. How did you know, Brad? Um, I just, I'm impressed that you, they're so bold. <laughs> okay. So d does, it, that was all you had to say about that, Jermaine? That's it. That's uh, it. Okay. Where can we find more of your work on the internet? Uh, you can read myself on io9.com, gizmodo.com, and on Twitter at Jermaine Lucier. And Brad, where can we find you? Of course, I'm at slashfilm.com, at Ethan underscore Anderton, and you can check out my podcast, Go Flix Yourself, on iTunes. And you can find me at slashfilm, slashfilm.com. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already subscribed. Review this. Rate it, especially if you love it. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.